Broadcasting from Orchard Park, New York, it's the Midnight Freight Broker Podcast. Whether it's breaking news, tips to increase your business, or just some good old sports talk, this podcast is all about having a conversation about the world of freight. I'm your host, Nate Cross. Let's talk freight. All right. Welcome back, Midnight Freight Broker Nation, for episode 41. Recording this from somewhat outside today. It's it's a beautiful close to 80 degrees here in gorgeous western New York, Orchard Park to be specific, where we are slowly but surely opening back up the economy. We are officially in phase three, which if you're from New York State, you understand that means we now have indoor dining. We've got one more phase to go before we can start doing stuff like going to gyms and whatnot, um, but everyone's still wearing masks. But anyway, it's a beautiful day here, nice and sunny, and I will take it. It's one of the one of the wonderful perks of working from home is that you can just grab the laptop and go wherever you feel most comfortable and today when it's 80 degrees i'm going outside so today's episode this is a good one this comes by request um i had somebody asking me to talk about load boards and i've had a couple people ask in the past about specific topics regarding um even things as detailed as posting in an alias city and which load boards are the best to use, how much do they cost. So I'm gonna try to lump that into one topic here on load boards overall. Um, But first, I've got an update on sports and an article from the Wall Street Journal. So, sports, Zeke has coronavirus. So for all of you Dallas Cowboys fans, shout out to Chuck Gay, old colleague of mine, and a close friend that I play golf with who's a diehard Cowboys fan. Um, you know, the, the Cowboys have had their ups and, and downs over the years. And as a Buffalo Bills fan myself, I don't like to think back to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl era in the early 90s there when Buffalo just four years straight couldn't do it. And Dallas had a part in that. So that being said, Zeke has coronavirus. People are freaking out. It's not that big of a deal. He's healthy. He's not showing any symptoms. And he'll be good in two weeks anyway. So it doesn't. it's not like they're going to be in training camp anyway. So for all you people that are freaking out about Zeke, find something else to freak out about, like Tom Brady in his new uniform. If you haven't seen it yet, just simply Google Brady and his Bucks uniform. They had it posted. I think Adam Schefter put it on Twitter this week. I will say, I'm starting to lean towards the Brady community now that he's not in the AFC East anymore. He's not a, not a Patriot. So... I know he had to have that guy give up number 12 so he could wear it. He's a good quarterback. He's a respectable player, even though he cheats sometimes. But, uh, hey, that's the beauty of professional sports. So Tom Brady in his new uniform, I think there was three different versions that he wore, like the home, the away, and the alternate, whatever it was. Um, Looking good, looking like a seasoned but uh, aging quarterback. But I'm interested to see how him and Gronk can just dominate with the Bucs this year. Finally, and I'm not trying to get controversial here, but Roger Goodell is encouraging teams to sign Kaepernick. Flat out, I don't like Kaepernick. I don't think he's a good football player. I think he sucks. He's kind of dried up and worn out. I never thought he was that good anyway. I'm not going to get into the political aspect of it or anyone's personal opinions, but if you need to sign Colin Kaepernick, you've got a whole other slew of issues as an NFL team. So, luckily, Josh Allen is getting into the swing of things, 
and he's going to be moving and grooving this year. So my Buffalo Bills AFC East champions of this coming season, I'm calling it. Uh, if you do sign Kaepernick, or if your team signs Kaepernick, I'm sorry. That's all I've got on sports. So a good article to get into here, Wall Street Journal. And I'll put a link in the show notes. They do make you have some sort of access or subscription to actually read their articles. So I'm going to read a a clip from there that I wanted to discuss. This is related to the economy, COVID-19, and trucking overall. So the article is titled, U.S. Retail Stores, or I'm sorry, U.S. Retail Sales Rose a Record 18% in May. Now here's the quote. U.S. shoppers opened their pocketbooks at malls and auto dealerships in May as states ease restrictions to contain the novel coronavirus, boosting retail spending and adding another sign the economy is recovering from earlier lockdowns to contain the pandemic. Retail sales, a measure of purchases at stores, at restaurants, and online, increased a seasonally adjusted 17.7% in May from the month earlier, the Commerce Department said Tuesday. Data released separately pointed to other signs of life in May for an economy that went into a deep freeze in mid-March when the pandemic hit the U.S. The Federal Reserve reported a moderate increase in May industrial production, including a pickup in manufacturing activity. A measure of builder confidence also improved. The increase in retail sales was the biggest in records dating back to 1992. Still, retail spending remained below pre-pandemic levels in May, totaling eight or $485.5 billion compared with $527.3 billion in February. From a year earlier, retail sales were down 6.1% in May. Now, the uh, the stats here, a lot of it is just data. Don't read too much into it. Um, obviously, you're going to have a biggest, you know, a, a quite a big increase in almost 30 years because the U.S. economy has not seen anything like this in 30 years, in more many more years, actually, than that. I'm not an economist, but that being said, I think we've had a pretty resilient bounce back. At least we're heading in that direction, given the current state of affairs in the United States and throughout the world with with COVID-19. Obviously, I've given my updates here in New York State and seeing how we've slowly started to open back up here. I think we're one of the more conservative states. uh, And I say that specifically to reopening, not about politics. Obviously, New York's not a very conservative state. Um, But that being said, we have slowly but surely been able to open stuff back up. You're getting back into stores. People are spending money. And that overall is going to be the key to success when it comes to getting trucks moving and freight moving uh, across the country once again. So don't read too much into it. Obviously, we're still not back to pre-pandemic levels. But I do think that just like any other time when the economy goes down, it will come back up. It always does. It always has. It's never not come back up. And it's always grown in addition to that. I think something like uh, if you look at any five-year period in the U.S., stock market, um, I think it's like 97% of the time there's been a period of growth over five years. So very rarely is there a a five-year period where there's not growth. Uh, Interesting stat. Someone fact check me. Tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. I think three years is even, uh, is very, is a little bit more slim. It's like 60 something percent. So you never know. All right. So that's, uh, that's the Wall Street Journal article, just kind of hitting on the, the actual details of spending and where that's going. Remember, these manufacturing uh, activities and consumer confidence, people buying automobiles, which is going to lead to production of more automobiles, people buying consumer goods, which leads to more production of consumer goods, which all leads to more transportation of all of these goods. Right. That's all good. Once the economy is getting opened back up, people are more confident. They're spending money. They're buying stuff. 
It's all going to be good. It's all going to work out. So that's my take on the economy for middle of June 2020 in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. So load boards, let's get into it. So if you are a seasoned broker, you can probably skip the entire sector I'm about to talk about here, but maybe not. Maybe there's a thing or two that you didn't know about load boards or some pricing or options or things like that. So let's get into it. All right. If you're brand new, this is purely educational. Do some research and you'll learn what you like and what you don't like about certain load boards. All right. Uh, load board 101. What is a load board? Uh, I've always explained it to somebody that is new to logistics as the tinder of freight. Okay. So instead of matching a man and a woman or a person and a person, I should say, together to date, you're matching a broker with a carrier, all right? A shipment with a truck. That is essentially what a load board does, okay? This historically in the past used to happen at truck stops and over the phone. It's all become very digital and online based currently, which is why one of the companies, Truck Stop, got their name, Truck Stop, okay? At least I'm assuming that. I could be totally wrong. Sorry, Ryan, if you're listening to this. All right, so what are the load boards that are out there? Some of the big, there's a ton. There are a crap load of different boards out there. The big ones that you'll tend to see, uh, big two are Truck Stop, which used to be called Internet Truck Stop, but they're just truckstop.com now, and DAT, which actually used to be called Dial-A-Truck, DAT, okay? And um, there's Post Everywhere is another familiar one. It's, it's an aggregate. It's got like 50 smaller load boards that it kind of, you, you build one posting and it spits it out to 50 of them. Um, there's Selectus and I'll hit on that. That's more of a specialized board. Uh, and there's a lot more. I've heard of all kinds of little free ones. People have company load boards. It's just for their, their specific brokerage. Uh, so, you know, that being said, let, let's get into what they cost. What do their versions include? And, you know, some other stuff. So let's, let's talk about DAT first and foremost. DAT is, in my experience, has historically been the, the more expensive, um, but one of the one of the good load boards, depending on the kind of freight that you're working with. So DAT, and according to their website currently, for brokers, they've got three main options that you can use. You can do DAT Express, DAT Power, and DAT Power Office. Okay, DAT Power, I'm, I'm fairly familiar with myself. It's a really, really great product. So pricing on these, DAT Express at 125 a month, all right, gives you unlimited searching and posting. So as a broker, you can search for loads, I'm sorry, search for trucks and post loads, okay, unlimited, all right? You get the average spot rates for the past 90 days. You get truck counts by state and you can set alarm notifications if something matches up. So that's the Express at 125 a month. If you move up to DAT Power, all right, DAT Power Select at 190 a month, all right, you're going to get real-time results from super database, as they call it. You still get those past 90-day spot rates, but you also get carrier monitoring and demand and capacity maps. And I think that's really cool. I'm a big fan of the uh, the rating tools with DAT, and I love how when you're in DAT Power, if you're searching a certain lane or posting a certain load, it'll give you that rate view, uh, I guess a little quick snapshot of what your rate per mile is and stuff like that on average. Now, if you've got Debt Power Office, which is their top-rated one on their website at $295 a month, 
It includes lane makers, so you can see who's posting and searching in each lane, and then you can compare spot and contract rates for the past 30 days, and you also get full access to DAT, carrier watch monitoring, plus all the other DAT Power Select features that I just mentioned. So um, it's obviously, as it's called, DAT Power Office. It's designed for a little bit of a larger brokerage that has uh, you know, more users and more people and more functionality. Okay. So that's DAT. They're really good in, you know, the, the experience I've got, the feedback I've gotten from folks is that DAT tends to be very good in the dry van and the reefer market. And I believe they've even been getting better in, in the flatbed market as well over the past couple of years. So let's move on to truck stop. All right. Truck stop also lists three main broker friendly options on their website. They've got basic pro and premium. I'm familiar with pro. That's the middle one. So basic at 99 bucks a month, you're gonna get that truck and lane searching, posting, decision tools, okay? Pro at 219 a month, all right, is gonna add in carrier performance rating, rate mate, which is their version of a rating tool. So like DAT has rate view, truck stop has rate mate. Okay, you're gonna get free load tracking, which is a GPS tool that they have, which is actually pretty cool. Uh, it, it gives a you know, it, it gives, I guess, a, a run for the money on Descartes with MacroPoint because Internet Truck Stop has it for free uh, if you're using their pro option. Uh, real-time updates, load insights, and post-book-it-now loads. Premium adds in at $349 a month. Uh, SafeWatch Assure, or I'm sorry, SaferWatch Assure, and Predictive Carrier Sourcing. So you've got some additional options there when it comes to carrier-focused tools. Now, TruckStop Pro, some of the things I really, really like about it is I always loved how if you, and I'm not talking about TMS integration, I'm talking about if you're actually on their website, they have the ability to negotiate directly with a carrier on a load or a carrier with a broker on a specific load right through the website. So you can do it via like a chat or messaging feature instead of having to call somebody up. So I thought that was pretty cool and they released that a couple years back. I do think the load tracking is pretty neat um, in any GPS type of situation and brokerage and, and transportation. It's never perfect 100% of the time. It's technology, it's gonna have some flaws and the longer that they've got that product going, the more that they're vamping it up and making it better and better, I think you're gonna see a really great product. So Truck Stop, another really, really good product there. Uh, Post Everywhere, I mentioned, it's a it's a website that aggregates about 50 smaller boards. If you go to posteverywhere.com, you'll actually see a list of the load boards that brokers are posting on, as well as the boards that carriers can post their trucks on. It's not They're not the same. They, there's overlap, but they're not all the same. So definitely check that out. Um, they're, they're cheaper because they're smaller boards. They're not going to, they don't integrate or they don't aggregate with that. And Truck Stop, they have all the smaller ones like one, two, three load board, bulk loads, a bunch of that stuff. So they have standard power and some additional add-ons. So their standard package at 30 bucks a month gives you one seat. You can do up to a thousand load postings a month and you can add additional postings for 10 bucks for, for 500 of them and an additional seat at 10 bucks a month, okay? Now, the power version has one seat for $70 a month, gives you 50,000 load postings a month and you can do an extra $30 for 50,000 additional posts or $10 each per month for an additional seat. So, and the add-ons, they've got some integration, um, company board and custom solutions, but really that, that power one is really nice if you've got a larger brokerage and you wanna do TMS integration, because you're only paying 10 bucks a month to get additional seats in there, and they, they give you a really a ton of postings available on there. Um, and surprisingly, a lot of these smaller boards, you get a lot of those smaller owner operators or smaller carriers that are using them because they're less expensive and they don't wanna pay the money for a DAT or a truck stop, um, so I think it's very important to have 
those three as your main three load boards. So truck stop, DAT, and post everywhere. Uh, obviously, depending on the size and scope of your operation, you're going to have a different need for the package that you're going to want. I always recommend get a rep from those companies and talk about your specific specific situation and have them work out a really a, a tailored plan and solution for you. Like I'm, with Truck Stop, I've, I've had a really great rep in the past that was awesome, would come visit us in town and really show us all the new features. So uh, great job to all the good account managers out there that are handling brokerages with uh, load boards. Um, honorable mention and a little side note here, Selectus. Um, their pricing, they don't list it on their website. It's, it's through Omnitracks. If you go to the Omnitracks website, you'll see Selectus as an option for a TMS slash load board. Um, they're gonna price depending on the size of your company. Now, Selectus is kind of a hidden gold mine when it comes to the hotshot and expedited world. Uh, you get a lot of Sprinter vans, box trucks, straight trucks, stuff like that with posting on there. Really, really good for that expedited market if you're a broker and you're not getting good capacity or results by posting on the other board. So check them out. I have heard um, rough averages of about 300 bucks a month to use them, but if you're in that expedited market, you know the amount of time that goes into that type of business and also the amount of profit that comes with that kind of business. So check out Selectus, that's S-Y-L-E-C-T-U-S through Omnitracks. I will put a link in the show notes for each of those four that I mentioned. Now, let's talk about some best practices when using load boards in general. Okay, I'm not gonna say one load board is the best and one sucks or anything like that. Uh, They all serve a purpose. Uh, Truck Stop, I believe, has been one of the top rated for flatbeds. Uh, I did mention some of the the good stuff about DAT as well and also the value in Selectus and Post Everywhere. Definitely the more access you have to boards, more visibility you have out there, it's gonna help you out. But you gotta figure out that cost analysis. Is it worth you spending that much money to be able to have full visibility out there for everybody? You have to make that decision, that's on you, okay? Some best practices though, when you are posting on a load board, all right, there are, you can sometimes just post very minimally. You might just have equipment type, pickup, delivery, and date ready or something like that. Okay, Um, that's great to get started, but utilize those comments that are in there if you've got additional notes like tarp required or hey, I have four of these loads available Uh, or this is three picks, two drops. The more accuracy and detail you can put into these postings, the better results you're going to get because you're not going to waste time with people that call thinking it's one thing when it's actually something different. So be as accurate as possible, having good weights in there and any specific requirements is gonna be crucial. Now, update your postings. That's another good best practice. If something changes, okay, if your load is covered or if you don't have that load anymore or if a pick or drop changes or anything pertinent changes, update it, okay? Get that load refreshed, make sure the carriers that are seeing this or if it's a dispatcher that's looking at it, they know exactly what's going on. And if you make a change, it's instant, it doesn't take 10 minutes to update on these websites, all right? Like truck stop and DAT, this stuff is literally, it's instant. If a, if a load gets pulled down, it'll literally show with a line drawn through it, uh, like right away. There's, there's no delay on it, it's, it's awesome. So keep them updated. Also, when you're, when you're looking at posting on a board, if you're gonna put a rate in there, and I'll talk about that as well, make sure you're checking the lane history, getting all your data, knowing every tool that you've got, whether it's RateMate, RateView, your own company's proprietary system with rating in the past, your own personal rating experience and knowledge. Make sure you know 
what kind of rates you are dealing with and what the current times are. Cause they're, I mean, especially right now, they're changing like crazy. So if you're gonna put a price in there, don't be tricky and put something that's actually double what you're gonna pay, all right, and then have to go and change it and, and screw someone over. Be accurate and be honest about that stuff. Okay, make sure you're using the tools as well to see that lane capacity. I've had people call and say, hey Nate, is uh, is truck stop or DAT down right now? Because I'm not getting any calls on this. Well, if you had looked at the capacity in that lane or done a little research or checked your price out, you would have realized that you're not looking very attractive and there's not a whole lot of capacity right there. Maybe you wanna make some out calls and not just wait for that phone to ring on your end, okay? So do your research. Uh, integration with TMSs, this is what's really, really cool. All right, the, the big load boards, they'll offer the ability for your TMS to auto post through your TMS to those load boards. So you could just do one simple posting. Let's say you're working with a, I don't know, like an LJX or a McLeod, or maybe you've got a proprietary TMS at your company. All right, if you've got the integration in there with these uh, big boards, you can post the load one time, and it'll go out to DAT and truck stop, and post everywhere, and whatever else you're integrated with, okay? And if you've got a feature set where it'll, it'll auto-refresh, maybe every 10 minutes or every hour or every two hours, whatever it might be, that is awesome. You're typically gonna pay to either get it set up or for the ability to use it and definitely to develop your software if you've got that in general, but it's a really cool tool to save you time so you're not having to log in as a broker on four different load boards when you can just do it one single time within your TMS. When you're busy and as a good broker, you know when you're busy and you hopefully you're busy because that's a good problem to have, anything to save you time and trouble when it comes to technology is gonna be awesome and crucial, all right? Uh, another cool tip with load boards is doing the carrier and broker vetting. So if you're a broker, vetting out carriers, if you're a carrier, vetting out brokers, you can see days to pay for brokers, you can see the uh, different scores on carriers, you can a lot of times can see their insurance, all kinds of stuff, reviews, they'll get star ratings, you name it, right? Use the tools that are there and available to you. The more information and data you have, the better you're gonna be equipped to make a good decision, okay? So use those tools. Days to pay is a great one. And if you're a broker, check out your own profile on these. I know DAT and Truck Stop will show days to pay. If you're showing like 40 or high 30s, probably not so good, okay? Because a lot of people, a lot of brokers out there now are, are paying in 21 days, you got some 14 days, maybe you got some 30 days, all right? Make sure you're keeping track of your own image on those boards, okay? Now, the question of do I post a rate or do I not post a rate? I was told a stat by a load board rep in the past that something like a load that has a rate posted will get seven times the visibility of a load if it's not, okay? Um, here's my take on it, okay? If you think it's going to help you to post a rate, post a rate. If you're posting a rate, and somebody filters it by rate, and you're the 10th one down for the exact same lane because you're not paying as much, it's probably gonna hurt you. So I like the idea of looking at what other people are posting that same or similar lanes for so you can get a live understanding of what's happening in the market right now. Um, and if you've got an honest good rate, go ahead and post it. If you know that you're gonna have to negotiate or talk to the carrier about some specific situations that are going on with that load, that com the comments field will not be adequate enough for, maybe you don't post a rate or put a note that, you know, put a pay range in there, depending on what the driver's gonna do for you. Or maybe maybe the load, the pick and drops are contingent upon 
the customer loading two days from now, and it's it could change. So you maybe you want to post a, hey, the, the rate's going to be between here and here, depending on something, right? And have that conversation on the phone. Um, I'm a fan of posting rates. If you can do it, if it's going to hurt you, don't do it. All right. The question of posting a city alias. This is actually something that I first saw with DAT, where you had the ability to do this. Um, but I mean, realistically, with any load bar, you can post whatever city you want. Now, here's what posting a city alias would be. Let's say your load is picking up in Orchard Park, New York. That's my hometown, all right? Suburb of Buffalo. You could potentially put Buffalo as your pickup, or maybe it's the delivery, whatever you want to do, okay? So the reason for doing that is so that, there's, there's a couple reasons. The biggest one I've seen is to prevent back solicitation. So if, some, if a carrier goes on, sees a load posting and says, oh, it's picking up in this town. Well, if it's going from this town to that town and it's this weight and this equipment, well, I know that lane. That's whatever company. I've hauled for them before and I've got it from a broker. So why don't I just call this company myself and offer to do it for less than the broker's posting it for or less than the broker has told me his price or his or her price would be. All right, so back solicitation is going to be a very uh, number one reason for using this city alias, okay? Um, another reason is to have differentiation on load postings. So someone might say, oh, a carrier might say, oh, I can just sort this. There's eight different brokerages that all had that same exact lane posted. And then you see, oh, well, that one's different. They have, actually have a different pickup or delivery. Um, it's a little, you're kind of deceiving a little bit, but it, if it gets you the phone call or the conversation to be had, have at it. More so than not, it's definitely going to be used to prevent back solicitation though. So use it smartly, use it wisely, don't use it as an unethical tool to deceive somebody. Okay. And back solicitation, I talked all about it in the past. Um, you know, giving out a specific pickup address before a, a driver's dispatched, probably not the best idea in general to prevent that back solicitation until you have a good rapport and a relationship established with them. Okay, some alternate options to load boards, because I've seen this happen a lot. People are trying to save a buck, all right? Posting loads on Facebook groups, LinkedIn pages, all right? Here's what I'm going to tell you. You get what you pay for, okay? If you're going to go to a Facebook group or a LinkedIn page and try to post a load or a carrier trying to post your truck, you're only going to get the kind of responses from people that are looking to match up on there who also aren't paying, Okay you're not getting the kind of visibility and exposure that you truly are going to want or need. So spend the money. All right. If you want to start with one load board, just start with one load board. All right. Move into two load boards whenever you can afford it or whenever it makes business sense. Do that. But like I said, you get what you pay for. All right. You want to do it for free. You're not going to get the best results. All right. Some other options. I know people that don't ever post at all because they have really, really, really good, strong carrier relationships. And yes, that's everyone's dream. You can't always assume that you'll never need to find a new carrier because uh, stuff happens. Carriers are busy. Maybe they go out of business. Someone's on vacation. Uh, you get a new customer that has a new lane or you get a new lane from that customer. All right. Those are good reasons and good problems to have to be able to use load boards as your solution. Okay. But repeat carriers is a great way to not have to rely on load boards. Okay. Especially if you got that same, same three lanes every week, got the same group of 20 folks that are doing it for you on a, on a rotating basis or based on availability. That's awesome. Get that rate established and boom, you're good to go. Um, for carriers, 
uh, dispatchers. That's an option. You could just, instead of getting a load board subscription, maybe you pay a dispatcher to find you your load from a broker. Uh, I'm not a fan of dispatchers. My opinion is they are just one more piece of the pie that's going to get divvied up when it comes to profit and the money. And uh, I was saying this the other day on the phone that I think if a, if a carrier is developed enough on their own and a brokerage is developed enough on their own, they both have the tools to work together and not need a dispatcher. So not a fan of dispatchers, but it's a possibility to get around if you're a carrier. All right, getting around the, the usage of load boards. Okay, so that's my that's my take on load boards, okay? If you got specific questions about them or feedback, I would love to hear it. If you want me to dig more into a certain part of the load boards, let me know, okay? Uh, finally here, I got some trending and social media Q&A. Now, for, I got three here. So Sage asked on Facebook, if I want to start my own brokerage, what is everything I need? Authority? Question mark insurance bond? Question mark. I have a good credit, seven fifty range. Is that good enough to get decent insurance rates? What are the ups and downs of me working for a brokerage compared to starting my own? Well, I did a post on this a couple years ago. I refreshed it earlier this year. Um, the cost of starting your own brokerage is it's pretty high. It's pretty expensive. Um, the failure rate is dramatically high. Okay. Um, if you are confident in your ability to run your own brokerage and your own authority, have at it, okay? It's definitely empowering to run all that. A lot of people prefer the agent route where you can simply handle sales and operations and have someone else's um, company or authority handle your back office administrative billing tasks, payables, receivables, claims, insurance, all those overhead tasks and costs that you don't want to deal with because they're headaches, okay? Um, there's pros and cons. It depends on what you want. but. Here's an example of the last time I did the research on it, and it's all gonna depend on a lot of different things and what your preferences are, but to get your authority, you got a $300 application fee. Bond, depending on your credit and what size bond you get, and they're gonna want you to have at least 75K currently, um, you might pay between two and 10 grand annually on that, plus or minus, okay? Insurance, 1,500 to three grand annually, depending on what you've got. Uh, software, I mean, we just talked about load boards, all right? But software and load boards, depending on what you're using, if you got a custom TMS, you could pay a couple grand to get it set up, maybe 500 bucks a month after that, give or take, depending on the features. The load boards alone, I just went through a couple of them, you're probably paying a few hundred bucks a month on that, depending on your usage and what features and choices that you're making there. Uh, cash flow, whoo, well, you're either gonna spend a percentage of your top line revenue to factor it, or you've got to have a ton of money in liquid cash to cash flow. So you ch your choice, um, I would say on average, three-ish, four-ish percent for factoring, depending on a lot of different circumstances. Cash flow, this all depends on the size and days to pay on your customer and how fast you're paying carriers, um, if you're offering quick pays, fuel advances, et cetera. I've heard recommendations of half a million dollars in liquid cash. So, or a line of credit if you wanna go that route. Your choice. Wages if you're gonna pay somebody to do your administrative work. You know, the, the list goes on and on. There's a lot of costs. Can you do it bare bones minimum? Yes, you probably can. Um, if you're newer at it, if you're, maybe you're a W2 and you wanna run your own show, I'm a big proponent and advocate for the agent model. 
So if you ever want to talk about that, let me know. I could definitely give you some recommendations and feedback on your situation. All right. So sorry, Sage, for the breathy, long-winded answer there, but um, that's my take on the cost. Um, I would work for someone else's if it makes money sense to you. You have to figure out your take home and the responsibilities and duties that you're going to have. Um, I had a question actually from Jason earlier this week, and I already got back to him via email, but we were talking about the insurance requirements for carriers, and I was drawing a blank on it. So I actually, uh, I've I've got a a snippet from online that I pulled here, and it's going to be quoted. The government requires every motor carrier to have at least $750,000 in public liability insurance that covers bodily injury, property damage. Uh, So side note, you'd see that as BIPD if you're on FMCSA's company snapshot. Um, Okay, so as well as environmental restoration. Now, depending on the type of commodity that you plan to haul, mainly hazmat, uh, that 750K minimum could increase to anywhere from a million to five million. So a lot of companies um, are at a million dollars as a carrier. Um, To note, government doesn't require motor carriers to have cargo insurance on file, but it is highly recommended as some broker shippers and other third parties require their business partners to have cargo insurance on file. So bottom line answer, 750K, that's your bodily injury property damage, BIPD, all right? Um, They will activate your authority without having cargo insurance, but you all know that $100,000 in cargo is standard, okay? That's going to be standard for full truckload, so keep that in mind. Brokers is different. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. That can be another, another topic, another day, another episode. But that's a good, that's a good question. I appreciate that. Um, I had one more. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so where did it go? Oh, there it is. Steven, just started my brokerage two months ago. Any tips on finding good freight shippers? Yes. Make a lot of phone calls. Connect with people. Market yourself properly. Get referrals. The list goes on and on and on. Prospecting. I got a lot of episodes in here on prospecting. Definitely listen to those. Um, There's a I have a lot of good articles on prospecting. It's a it's the probably the biggest reason that brokers don't succeed is they're not prospecting enough or the right way or at all or they're just not very good or talented or seasoned or trained in sales and negotiations and really building relationships. Remember, like I always say, as logisticians, we're problem solvers, okay? You don't have to necessarily go and try to ask for someone's business. Think creatively, right? You're a problem solver. Who has a problem and could use your ability to solve it, right? So, you know, not always the easy produce, lumber, steel, building manuf- or building materials that are being bid on by 50 brokers. Think about the more difficult stuff, trade shows, right? A lot of timing in there, a lot of coordination in there. Okay, white glove service, expedited, all right? Auto hauling. Well, actually, auto hauling is kind of bid on just like the other stuff I just mentioned. Um, think about big project moves, right? This is stuff where if you've got a good... I guess a good talent or a drive to really learn an industry and help people out with it, that's where you should prospect, right? There's going to be a whole lot of mix of cold calling and follow-up calls, emailing, marketing, branding yourself, social media, website, LinkedIn. Um, You could do site visits at places, um, ask for referrals. Referrals are probably the highest conversion when it comes to getting a new customer, but... um, 
tips on finding good freight shippers. It's just, it's not easy. You have to put a lot of time in. You've got to, uh, you have to understand and expect that you're going to be told no probably 200 times for every time that you're told yes. And when I say no, it's not always the words no or the word no. It might be one of the infamous, uh, hey, I'm busy right now, or hey, not a good time, or you know, any of the thousands of objections you're going to get in this industry, okay? So I always recommend learn from somebody who, who does it well and figure out what you like about what they do and what you would like to do different for yourself versus what they do and always fine-tune that process. Always be prospecting. If you're not prospecting weekly, if not daily, all right, I think you're. I think you're wrong. So yeah, you, you got, you're always gonna lose a customer or a lane or a load at some point. So always make sure you're prospecting. That's the best way on how to find shippers is to prospect shippers. Good question though, Stephen. Those are good questions for for this episode. I appreciate it. So good topic, good episode on load boards, and um, looking forward to a continuing opening or reopening of the economy. Everyone getting back to work, getting back in their offices if they don't work from home, and even people that are starting to work from home permanently now in the long term. Congratulations. It's it's a blessing and awesome if you have the discipline to do it. So looking forward to a great positive future here in the industry and a nice warm summer. And obviously, as always, go Bills. That wraps up this episode of the Midnight Freight Broker Podcast. Thanks for joining and make sure to leave a review and check out all the other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes for links to any articles and content that I referenced on this episode and feel free to add and message me on LinkedIn for suggestions for future topics. See you on the next episode.